We're going to be today in Mark chapter 2, and I'll be reading verses 18 through chapter 3, verse 6. So Mark chapter 2, beginning in verse 18. Now John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting. Some people came and asked Jesus, How is it that John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees are fasting, but yours are not? Jesus answered, How can the guests of the bridegroom fast while he's with them? They cannot so long as they have him with them. But the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them, and on that day they will fast. No one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. If he does, the new piece will pull away from the old, making the tear worse. And no one pours new wine into old wineskins. If he does, the wine will burst the skins, and both the wine and the wineskins will be ruined. No, he pours new wine into new wineskins." One Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields, and as his disciples walked along, they began to pick some heads of grain. The Pharisees said to him, Look, why are they doing what's unlawful on the Sabbath? He answered, Have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? In the days of Abiathar, the high priest, he entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread, which is lawful only for priests to eat. And he also gave some to his companions. Then he said to them, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord, even of the Sabbath. Another time he went into the synagogue, and a man with a shriveled hand was there. Some of them were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus, so they watched him closely to see if he would heal him on the Sabbath. Jesus said to the man with the shriveled hand, Stand up in front of everyone. Then Jesus asked them, Which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they remained silent. He looked around at them in anger, and deeply distressed at their stubborn heart, said to the man, Stretch out your hand. He stretched it out, and his hand was completely restored. Then the Pharisees went out and began to plot with the Herodians how they might kill Jesus. Nobody would put a piece of unshrunken cloth right, on a used garment to repair it. Because as you wash it and as you wear it, that unshrunken cloth will begin to shrink and it will tear away. That's all Jesus is saying with that. And the wineskins are similar. When wine ferments in a wineskin, you put the new wine in first, and as it ferments, the wineskin expands because of the gases. And then as that begins to pass, it shrinks up again and the wineskin hardens and then the wine is, is ready after a time to drink. And Jesus' simple point is you wouldn't then take new wine and pour it into that old, dried, shriveled wineskin. Because when the fermentation process starts again, it's going to expand that wineskin, which is now dried up and doesn't have any ability to flex. And so it would just explode. And then you'd lose your wine and your wineskin. Now somehow Jesus seems to be saying that two things at least in this context would be the tantamount to trying to put the teachings of Jesus into old wineskins. And the two that he points out are fasting and the Sabbath. So this is, you can understand why this is a hot topic for the Pharisees. Because no two subjects could be more essential to what it meant to be a Jewish person living in first century Roman Palestine than the two issues of fasting and Sabbath. And Jesus goes right after them. I really want to focus in on the Sabbath today. And what Jesus is telling his people about the Sabbath, is he reinterpreting it? 
Is he helping them to rightly understand it? Is he discarding it? Is he transforming it in the context of the new covenant of Jesus, which will be somewhat distinct from the covenant that God made with Israel at Mount Sinai? This is, these are sort of the questions that are there. And so what I want to say is two things about the Sabbath that Jesus reveals to us, and then we'll deal with what the Sabbath means for us as we conclude. So that's where we're headed. But the first thing I want to say is this. Jesus reveals to his disciples and to the Pharisees something that they did not understand about the Sabbath. And it's that the Sabbath was entitlement, not enslavement. It was intended to be an entitlement, not intended to be enslavement. Let's look again at the, at the text here. This is in Mark chapter 2, verse 23. One Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields, and as his disciples walked along, they began to pick some heads of grain. The Pharisees said to him, Look, why are they doing what's unlawful on the Sabbath? He answered, Have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? Now, we'll get to David, but I want to stop there just momentarily to say this is no small issue. Remember, honoring the Sabbath is one of the ten foundational commandments that God gave to the people of Israel when Israel was first becoming a nation under God. So we find them in Exodus chapter 20 and in Deuteronomy chapter 5, I think. But you, So you can find them there. And the Sabbath is a heart of this. In some ways, to be an Israelite was to be a person who honored the Sabbath. And at the heart of the Pharisee project, the kind of the, the thing that they chose to focus on to bring Israel back to the covenant of Sinai was the Sabbath. And so the Pharisees wanted to know what it meant to honor the Sabbath. What does that mean? Because all Exodus and Deuteronomy says is do no work. And so the Pharisees asked the next logical question. What's work? What are we allowed to do? And so of the things they had decided was that you could not just wander around harvesting grain on the Sabbath. That was work. You can wait till tomorrow to do that. And the other thing that they had agreed on, and among many things, is that you couldn't heal on the Sabbath unless the person was in a life-threatening situation. If they would not survive to the next day, the rabbi said you can heal them. But if they have an ailment that can wait until Sunday, then you wait until Sunday. That was, that's reasonable, isn't it? It's reasonable. If they're right about what the Sabbath was, it's reasonable. So when Jesus allows his disciples to harvest grain, that's even though it's just a small amount to eat, that's no small thing. Because the rabbis had decided that that was work. And so what they're asking Jesus is not, why are you picking grain? They're asking, why do you not care about the Sabbath, Jesus? And Jesus gives them these instructions. So this is verse 25. He answered, Have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? In the days of Abiathar, the high priest, he entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread, which is lawful only for priests to eat. And he also gave some to his companions. So I want to stop there. And this must have blown their minds that he was even bringing up David because there's no real easy connection between the Sabbath and what was going on in the life of David. You can find that story in 1 Samuel. But the story is that David was anointed king of Israel after the standing king, Saul, had been rejected by God. But Saul didn't 
take very kindly to that. And so he was chasing David down. He was trying to kill him. And David was on the run with some fighting men who had followed him because of his anointing. And on the run, he had run into this place where the priests were, the tabernacle. And there had been bread set aside that according to the law of Moses was only for priests to eat. But David was on the run, and he and his companions were hungry. And so we find out in 1 Samuel that David went in, and he ate that consecrated bread anyway, even though that was technically against the law. Now David did other things that were against the law, and when God didn't like it, he sent prophets to set David straight. But this is not an instance in which God ever disciplined David or judged him in any way. But his point seems to be that David was authorized to violate the law, because of the importance and the seriousness of his mission. And that law was not meant to harm David, but to help him. And so God allowed it. And Jesus seems to be saying, if David has that authority, so do I. They're on a mission with me. And so if David can violate the law to safeguard his people, then I can allow my disciples to violate it as well. Seems to be what he's saying. So this really is about the authority of Jesus and less about the Sabbath, but he's going to make it about the Sabbath in a minute. And he says this strange word. I don't know what you make of it. Verse 27. Then he said to them, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. What's he saying? Tough. Tough to say. But here's my stab at it. Jesus seems to be trying to distinguish between God's intentions, God's will for creation, and those things within creation that God has given to the jurisdiction of humanity. And they seem to be somewhat distinct. And so Jesus seems to say that the Sabbath was put in place not as a means by which you would worship me, It was put in place for you. And so because it's for humanity, the Son of Man, Jesus, that's his title of authority he uses for himself, is Lord of the Sabbath because humanity, the Sabbath is for humanity. So the sense here is that if God had intended the Sabbath to be a means by which people worship him, then Jesus couldn't have touched it because he's not Lord over God's teachings. But because the Sabbath was made for man, the one who would be called king of the Jews could exercise authority over the Sabbath. Now that might seem a small thing to say. But here's the punch. And this is the trying to put new wine in old wineskins thing that we started with. What Jesus reveals, and it seems to me the Pharisees and anyone reading the Bible could never have known until he revealed it is this. The Sabbath was a law for the powerful as grace to the vulnerable. The Sabbath was a law for the powerful as grace to the vulnerable. I'm going to explain what I mean. The Sabbath... See, Israel had come to understand, and it's reasonable that they did, because if you read Exodus and Deuteronomy, this is what it sounds like. They had come to believe that the Sabbath was one of the ways that they could show faithfulness to God. And so they got serious about honoring the Sabbath because they thought the Sabbath was for God. It sounds that way when you read it. And so it's no surprise that the Pharisees thought that's what the Sabbath was for. 
But Jesus has a bit of an insight into God. Maybe humans don't. He's able to intuit or to deliver or to reveal what God actually meant the Sabbath to be for. And so when he says the Sabbath is for humanity, here's what's at stake. And let me give you an illustration that might bring this together. When we write laws that limit the number of hours a person can work in a week, when we write laws that tell companies that create toxic waste where they can and cannot dump those things, when we write child labor laws to limit the age a person has to be before they can begin to work, we are operating in the same space according to Jesus that the Sabbath was intended to operate. The Sabbath is a protection against the powerful. Because employers and landowners, who this law was given to, you've worked long enough to know, they will work you to the bone for their profit until you are dead. And so God writes a law into the kingdom of Israel to say, you can't do that. One day a week, you can't, and read the Sabbath regulations, you can't make your servants work, you can't make your animals work, you can't make your children work, nobody works, and you don't have to work either. Everybody gets a day off. Everybody gets a rest. It was intended to protect the weak from the strong, Jesus seems to indicate. God made this for you. But what happened in Israel? The powerful took it over. Because they saw it as a way to worship God, the powerful simply made it another kind of work. Now you've got to work for us. Now you've got to do everything we say. And Jesus, he just won't play in that arena. Because for Jesus, the Sabbath was a law for the powerful as grace to the vulnerable. It's hilarious as to what happened in our own culture, because we used to have Sabbath laws similar to those of Israel in which people were not, do you love the language, allowed to work on Sunday. Does that strike you as odd? People were not allowed to work? I would think that the allowance would be to not work, right? We have been fleeced by the powerful because they've convinced you that it's slavery to not work. That it's legalism to not work. But the Sabbath was supposed to protect us from that. And we got so worked up on what we were allowed to do on the Sabbath that we forgot it's supposed to be a day for you. For you don't have to work. Where your employer can't compel you to work. And you can be free. And then Jesus takes that home here. And he says, how can you prohibit my disciples from eating grain? On the Sabbath, the Sabbath was intended to protect the weak and you're making them starve because it's work. And how can you not allow healing on the Sabbath? The Sabbath was to protect the weak and the hurting. And now you're saying it's work to heal. So you have to leave the weak and the hurting, hurting on the Sabbath. You've missed it. You missed what it was for. And so I love this language here in chapter 3, verse 5, when it says, Jesus looked at them in anger. Rage is the word here. 
he looked at them with rage and with compassion. This is the mix. He's both deeply angry and deeply hurting. Because what was given to the people of the world as grace has become a sledgehammer. Because what was supposed to bring some freedom one day a week has just been a different kind of slavery. Can you imagine what that must do to the heart of God to be so misunderstood? Jesus is trying to free us to understand the law not as humans have interpreted it, but as God has intended it. And so the new covenant of Jesus, these new teachings of Jesus, the new requirements of Jesus, they have to be wrestled away from Sinai. Now, they're not different than Sinai. There's still a Sabbath for us who follow Jesus. They're not different entirely, but they are taken out of Sinai, out of the hands of the powerful and people who would interpret them to their own advantages, who would use the law as a slave master. And they're put into the hands of Jesus who can help us to understand what the laws were for. And we find Jesus saying things like, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That Jesus has come to bring freedom to the people of the earth, not a new kind of slavery. The Pharisees, reading the law as they did, have decided that Jesus is a Sabbath breaker. And based on how they read the law, he is. He is doing work on the Sabbath. And the Torah, the law of Moses, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, says that one who breaks the Sabbath should be put to death. And so they do the next obvious, legitimate thing to do when somebody questions the purpose of the Sabbath. They decide that they need to kill him. Now, it's going to be a process for them because uh, the Romans aren't going to really buy this whole Sabbath thing and the Jewish people are not really allowed at this time to execute people on their own. They have to get some sort of Roman buy-in. So they can't just go to a Roman and say, we want to execute this guy. And the Roman says, why? And says, well, because he was plucking grain on the Sabbath. And the Romans are going to say, I think maybe we'll just let that one go. What do you say? And so they're going to have to eventually build a case against him. But what Mark tells us is that the fundamental thing that set them on the course that would lead to the cross is this teaching about the Sabbath. The Sabbath permeated Israel. And when the prophets, when they come out and they accuse Israel of failing to keep the law, what they primarily accuse them of failing to keep is the Sabbath. And so the Pharisees were right to think we need to make the Sabbath seriously, but they didn't understand what it was for, and so they couldn't do it. And so their hands were tied. Jesus shows us what it's for. The Sabbath is a day for you. So stop fighting about what's work and start asking yourself, how can I set this day apart as one in which can be leisurely for me? How can this truly be a day of rest? He wants you to have it. He wants you to have it. He knows you need it. And he knows the world does not want you to have it. So take a Sabbath. Sabbath.